This podcast may contain adult language and situations, graphic, gory details, and other not-so-nice things. Listener discretion is advised. I'm Ashley. And I'm Lacey, and this is United States of Murder. This week, we're in Florida discussing a disappearance on the beach. Then, we'll talk about a small town in Florida that became an oasis for circus freaks. So buckle up and join us on this dark and twisted ride through the Sunshine State. In 2021, there were 521,705 missing person cases in the United States. California, Florida, and Texas are at the top of the list of states with the most missing person cases. Are they choosing to not go home, or are they unable to go home? Are they lost or injured? Are they being held captive? There are a myriad of reasons that people vanish, but regardless, it's any parent's worst nightmare, regardless of if their child is 5 or 25. Many parents of missing children say they find it hard to convey their feelings to someone who hasn't experienced what they have. It's a loss unlike so many others, and many parents feel as if they cannot grieve. They fear that if they grieve, that means they've given up. How does someone just vanish without a trace, especially in today's world? I don't know the answer to that, but I know that it can happen. What I'm asking of you all today is simple, but it could make all the difference. The next time, or every time, you're out running errands and see a poster or a flyer of a missing person, give it a good look. Do they look familiar to you? If not, give it another good look, just in case they cross your path in the future. It's the least that we can do for the families and friends who took the time to hang them up. So today, I'm going to take you to the Gulf Coast in the panhandle of Florida, Pensacola. And I go to Pensacola Beach at least once a year. It's pretty drivable from Arkansas, so I'm pretty familiar with the area. I wish I was there right now because mm. it's hot. Well, so yeah, Pensacola is a popular tourist destination, especially for those in the surrounding states. Well, I'm going to talk to you about someone who lived there. Tiffany Daniels was born on March 11, 1988, in Dallas, Texas. But early on in her life, she and her family moved to Pensacola, Florida. She attended both Pensacola State College and the University of West Florida. She was a talented painter and artist and loved to dance. She would often hold dance parties at her place. We need more dance parties. I love that. That sounds fun. I do love a dance party. According to Tiffany's friends, she was bubbly and a free spirit. She was always trying to make people laugh. She was also adventurous and really spontaneous. When she wasn't at work, she was either biking, surfing, hiking, or camping. She just wanted to be outside. She was always out in nature. On August 11th, Tiffany had breakfast with her boyfriend. It was actually a farewell breakfast for her boyfriend because he had just been accepted into the graduate robotics program at the University of Texas in Austin. He wanted her to move there with him, but she wasn't really interested in doing that. She loved him and wanted to keep a relationship, but she wasn't quite ready to make that's that a big move. Step. Yeah, that's a big step. She's like, I, I have stuff going for me in Pensacola right now. Sure. Just let's just see where our relationship goes and maybe eventually I'll move there. And also, why am I giving my life up? For your dreams. Yeah. I mean, graduate school isn't that long in the grand scheme of things. Right. Well, after breakfast, he left, and her roommate, Gary, noticed that Tiffany was a little down, which makes sense. 
but she was going to visit him in the near future in Austin. So she had that planned. She said that she could hope that she could easily adapt there and maybe someday she'd move. Well, Tiffany's roommate was actually the father of one of her friends. So Gary was 54 and was separating from his wife. He wanted to live closer to his job, so when he found out that Tiffany needed a roommate, he thought he could help them both out because she needed some extra cash. So he rented the room from her. Her parents weren't too into that in the beginning, they, you know, but they were happy that she was with someone safe. You know, he wasn't a stranger. He was a good guy for what, from what they knew. They got along. They shared similar interests like biking and healthy eating. And Gary also had an out-of-state girlfriend that he was often talking to on the phone when he was home. Well, Tiffany and the theater department were scheduled to start preparing sets for a production of Spamalot that fall. Not Spamalot. I've never seen it, have you? It's so cheesy. Well, that makes sense. It's funny, but it's cheesy. yeah. Well, that night, she and her roommate Gary decided to watch Monty Python and the Holy Grail because Mm -hmm. that's what it's based on. Sure. I didn't know that. Yeah. It's super cheesy. Oh, gosh. Well, when the film finished, they both went to bed in their own bedrooms. They both had work in the morning. Well, around 5 a.m., Gary heard something. It sounded like the door to the house opening and closing several times. He thought it was probably Tiffany. He looked outside from his room and didn't see her. And then he went back to bed. Mm -hmm. Well, he got up a little bit later and then left for work around 7 a.m. At that point, Tiffany's car, a gray Toyota 4Runner, was gone. He just figured she went to work. Sure. Nothing that unusual. Tiffany did arrive at work on schedule for the beginning of her shift painting sets. However, she did ask her supervisor if she could leave a little early that day. Not only that, she let him know she'd be taking some time off. She, maybe the whole week, but she didn't explain anything. This kind of reminds me a little bit of Maura Murray. Exactly what I was thinking. She told her person, I'm taking a little time off. Yeah, she didn't explain. She just said she had something she needed to take care of. He said, sure. She clocked out around 4.43 p.m. that day. She left the theater and headed back home. Gary was home, but he was on the phone with his girlfriend, so he didn't actually see her come in. She was only there briefly, so no one knows where she went when she left the house that afternoon. Later that night, Gary grew a bit concerned when she wasn't back. He tried calling her when it was 10, and she still wasn't back. She hadn't told him she was quitting work. for Well, well it wasn't quitting. Taking a break for maybe a week. She well, didn't tell anyone. And I'm sure he's probably in a position to where... I mean, and I get this way even with my friends where it's like, you're concerned, but you don't want to overstep your bounds. Like, I'm not your mother. Mm -hmm. And I'm sure it's probably, he already maybe feels like that because he's so much older. So he's like, I'm not trying to be your dad, but who the fuck are you? Yeah. Like, I'm worried about you. He's like, and and his daughter's her friend. So it's like, he has that dad mentality of a girl her age. Exactly. But so I guess he he was probably trying to, you know. Stay out of it as much as he could, but still. Yeah. Yeah. And he didn't know she wasn't coming back. So he tried calling her. No answer. The following morning, she wasn't back either. So he tried calling her again. That evening when he returned home after work, the electricity had been shut off. What? Yeah. So he just assumed, but she was in charge of all that. He assumed she forgot to pay the bill or something. Like, okay, well, that's a little weird, but whatever. So he called his daughter, Noelle, and he asked her if she would contact Tiffany's mom since he couldn't get a hold of Tiffany. She ended up contacting her mom, Cindy, through a Facebook message. Turns out, Cindy could not get a hold of Tiffany either. It seemed like no one could. Noelle couldn't either, her friend. 
So together, Cindy and Noelle contacted all of Tiffany's friends. No one else had heard from her. Nothing. So by the end of the week, she still was not back. So her mom, Cindy, contacted the police to report her missing. You have to think she's a 25-year-old. I mean... Not one to shame her for not, like, contacting them immediately. I mean, I don't... I don't talk to my mother every day. Right. And I didn't read that they did speak every day. You know what I mean? Like, if you don't live close, or even if you do, you don't speak Mm -hmm. every day, that's not unusual to just not... I mean, and my mom will call me, and I'm like, no. Yeah. So, I mean... (laughs) I'm busy. Terrible. I know. Well, no. I mean, it just happens. And and she might be busy, or who knows? Well... There's nothing alarming at this point. She was was like, well, that's weird. And then, finally, she's like, okay. Well, she should have... Right. Something should have happened. Right. So she went to the county sheriff's office in Pensacola, and they seemed to be dismissive of the case. They took the information she gave them, but they seemed to just think she went out partying and she would turn I up. I hate that. Just classic, where yeah. they're like, oh, it's not a big she's deal. She's an adult, not, yeah. blah, blah, blah. Yeah, so since Tiffany had been living in the city of Pensacola and was last seen there, they referred the case from county to the city's police department. Cindy felt as though they showed more interest, at least, in, yeah. in the case. Detective Daniel Harnett met Cindy at Tiffany's house and searched it. He found no signs of foul play. Her family thought, okay, well, maybe she's just camping. Because she liked, she was spontaneous. Mm-hmm. She liked to camp. But the police found her tent inside of her room. She didn't tend to camp without her stuff. Well, the detective learned that her boyfriend just left Pensacola the day before. So, of course, he looked into him like, did he do something? Or did she go to him? Yeah. He found out that her boyfriend called Tiffany once he made it to Austin on the 11th, but he did not call her the next day, the day she went missing. He was cooperative and provided DNA and fingerprints. His call record also proved he was in Austin and in the Austin area all week. So nothing... Did he say that he had tried to reach out to her? I didn't read anything about the days after, but the day after she went missing, he didn't try to reach her. That's kind of odd. So I don't know. I don't know how often they spoke on the phone. Maybe... It was a night thing. Yeah, that I makes sense. I don't I guess. know. I don't know. Or maybe they talked every other day. Who, Who knows? knows? Tiffany's sister knew she had plans in the near future because she had that trip to Austin planned. And she also had planned a dance in two weeks, like a dance party. And why would she just leave with no intent of ever coming back? So the investigators questioned her roommate, Gary. But they didn't think he was being deceptive. Well, the weekend after Tiffany disappeared, the news outlets began reporting on it. And her friends and family began passing around flyers. Early the next week, they got their first bit of evidence relating to Tiffany's disappearance, her car. So on August 20th, a biker, who was also a family friend, recognized Tiffany's silver Toyota 4Runner during their morning ride. It was parked at Park West in Pensacola Beach near Fort Pickens. So this is at the western end of the Santa Rosa Island. Tiffany would often hike in the dunes of the Gulf Islands National Seashore, Despite her mom's warnings of not to go on the beach alone, I get her mom's concerns, but I'm a beachcomber. Yeah. I like picking around the beach, looking for shells and stuff. So if I live there, I'd go all All the the time time. by myself. So Tiffany's bicycle was still in the car, along with her cell phone, purse, wallet, paintings, clothes, a jug of water, and a jar of peanut butter. So not a good sign. Mm -mm. It was towed to the police garage for examination, and investigators found two fingerprints. One was on the door handle, and the other one was on the steering wheel. It was not a match to Tiffany. Police began questioning the area, and a resident of a nearby condo said that the car was not there until two days prior. It hadn't been there this whole time. 
So the car was found eight days after her disappearance, but they're claiming it was there six days after she went missing. So two other residents said they had seen a strange man getting out of the car earlier that day. So to get to Pensacola Beach from the mainland of Pensacola, you have to cross a toll booth. So to establish when the car had been driving to the island, the detectives looked at the security camera footage from the toll booths at Bob Sykes Bridge. They showed the forerunner had passed through the tolls at 7.51 p.m. the evening she went missing. But they couldn't determine if it was her driving, if there was someone with her, or whatever. So at the police garage, investigators found sand on the bicycle tires, but none on the car's floorboards. So that suggested to investigators the possibility that if Tiffany had gone for a bike ride on the beach that evening, maybe she went for a swim afterwards. Plausible. It's August. Feels good down there. One of her friends said that a meteor shower was happening at that time, and that's kind of the type of thing she would do Mm -hmm. that sounded like her, to just, oh, I'll stay on the beach Mm -hmm. and watch the shower. Sounds like heaven. There was the possibility that she may have drowned, but no bodies were found on the shore. No belongings of hers were found anywhere near the beach either, so kind of unlikely. They believe a body would have washed up. Well, Tiffany's parents took to social media. They set up a Facebook page called Help Find Tiffany, which has been a constant source of support for them, and they also received numerous tips through this page. So several months after Tiffany's disappearance in January of 2014, a waitress who worked at a restaurant in Louisiana, just outside of New Orleans, believed that she had seen Tiffany. So this is probably, I don't know, two, three hour Mm -hmm. drive. Not too far, really. She reported that shortly after Tiffany's disappearance, she had seen a woman matching her description with two other women. One of the women was around the same age, 25-ish. The other was older, nicely dressed, and possibly Latina. She noticed that both of the younger women behaved strangely. They were both wearing long sleeve shirts, even though it's August in Louisiana. So, and they had the cuffs pulled over their hands, never looking the waitress in the eye. They let the older woman do all the talking for them. The waitress told the younger woman she looked like that woman who had been reported missing in Florida. Can you imagine? Immediately, the group got up and left. That's weird. I would have called the police immediately. Sounds like sex trafficking, doesn't it? Yeah. Unfortunately, the restaurant's security cameras had been freaking taped over since the date of the encounter, so it was impossible to confirm even her story. She's the only one that, you know, confirmed that she saw this girl. Well, they were there so quickly and left, so. Yeah, yeah. So Tiffany's parents really had a strong feeling that this was her. They also knew a quirk of Tiffany's was to pull her sleeves over her hands when she was cold. Also, the waitress said that when Tiffany was looking over the menu, She asked if one of the soups used a fish or chicken broth. And her mom said she had incidents similar to that with her because Tiffany was a pescatarian and would avoid chicken broth or beef broth. So she would ask, is it fish? Yeah, that's weird. So that Daniel's family began to fear that human trafficking could be an explanation, which is any parent's worst nightmare. It really is. Can't even. So they started looking on the internet, and they were reading similarities between Tiffany's case and that of another woman who had recently been drugged and abducted from Panama City, which is like an hour, hour, half away from Pensacola, and was taken to New Orleans by two men where she was forced into prostitution. Sex traffickers do tend to target younger girls or teenagers, but occasionally they'll attempt to abduct women in their early 20s. Tiffany's parents said she was pretty trusting. And could have 
likely been tricked if if they said the right thing. Not meaning that's her fault, just she was trusting, you know? You don't think they're going to kidnap me when... Uh, well, Interstate 10 passes through Pensacola, New Orleans, and has been described as one of the major trafficking routes in the U.S. The detective said there's no evidence supporting the sex trafficking theory, but they haven't ruled anything out at this point. There's just no evidence, you know? Right. There was another lead in 2018 when a mother and daughter in California contacted the Facebook group. Tiffany's case was also featured on an episode of Disappeared. I remember this one, Season 7, Episode 2. They claim they watched this episode and saw a woman who looked like her living within a homeless community in California. They looked into this, but it wasn't her. They knew because Tiffany had tattoos on her feet. This woman didn't have any. And another tip came forward regarding the day Tiffany vanished. They said they saw a man in his 30s wearing red shorts and no shirt opening Tiffany's tailgate. The man said he remembered the incident because the car had been parked facing oncoming traffic in an area that was strictly reserved for wildlife. So it shouldn't have been there. So it stuck out. Well, to this day, Tiffany has not been found. Tiffany's family has been keeping busy working with other families of missing children and adults. And they found this gives them strength to continue searching for her. Tiffany's mom, Cindy, said, quote, Every family with a missing persons case needs closure because you fall into that gray area and you don't know which is worse. Her father said, quote, until someone brings me a body or a piece of her body, I'm never going to give up that she's alive and she will come home and show up at our door. Anyone with the information about Tiffany Daniels' disappearance, please contact the Pensacola Police Department at 850-435-1900. And I'll, of course, put this in our show notes. I got a lot of my info from a Medium article and her Facebook page called Help Find Tiffany and, of course, local news. Oh, my God. I have tears in my Mm. eyes. Sex trafficking is one of the scariest topics. There's an author called Rachel Abbott, and I love all of her books because they're always suspense thrillers. So, I, of course, I just read her next ones without even thinking about Uh what it is. And I started reading one and it ended up being a teenager getting sex trafficked. And I finished it, but I was like, if I knew, it, it stressed me out. I just... I mean... That's... <sighs> that people do that. I, I mean, I know. There's some sickos, but... I... It's, it's terrifying. Can... Cannot, nor want to, imagine if Max just disappeared. And that's... I mean, like, it, I guess it just, like, stuck out to me in your opening when you were like, it doesn't matter if they're five or they're yes. 25. Like, that's still your kid. Yeah, she's 25, but it's their baby. It's their... I mean, I look at Max, he's eight. I know that's still a child, but I still see... Remember the two-year-old. Yeah. Or, you know what I mean? And I'm, I'm sure they do, too. Sure. Yeah. So, oh, my God. I can't. And it's like, what do you do? You can't... What, are you just supposed to go on and, like, celebrate Christmas and go to work yeah. and it's eat? It's like they, they and can't sleep? grieve because no. that means they've given they've up. They've given up. So, they never get... And grief is sometimes helpful. Well, you have closure. Emotion. Yeah, and they have no closure. They, ha- they can't grieve. They are just constantly... Well, and, sur- it's and just, I mean, and it's one... It's, it's amazing uh, when you hear these stories of these children... Who have disappeared oh. and then come back, like Elizabeth oh Smart, gosh. or you know things like that, you where have you hope th- too. Then you have hope oh. that maybe she's going to come back, like these other stories that you hear. But just 
That's the rest of your life. That Ugh, that's the kind of stuff up. that makes me not want kids. Because I want to like, throw up. What, what if I'm but, telling you? But at the other hand, like you can't raise them with just holding on. You know, you can't be too strict, but you can't. Parent, I don't get it. I mean, don't, don't ask Max. You can ask Max. Why can't y'all play outside in the front yard? Because my mommy said I'll get sex trafficked. <laughs> Oh, but it's, tell him all the things. His dad is like, don't scare him. And I'm like, well, I'm not trying to scare him, but I want him to be it's aware. Exactly. You you can't there just There are bad not, people. Yeah. No adult needs your help looking for a pet or anything else. No grown-up needs your help ever. And then I'm like, take the trash out. Thought you said it, you didn't need my help. I'm like, listen. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> but no, it's it's it's, it's that scary being a parent. And they're in that gray area. And even so, oh, what's worse? I want to throw up. And it's that's a hypothetical question. I can't answer that. They probably can't. Like, if she's not alive or if she's been sex trafficked or if what is worse? There's no answer. It's all freaking terrible. It's eternal hell. But that I is – even- that is hell. Not knowing if oh, your child God. is alive or dead, and also if they're alive, is it what kind of life is that? I oh. can't even imagine. I mean, I have days that I know Max is at school and he's fine and he's great, but I'm like, I wonder what he's doing right now. I wonder if he's having mm-hmm. a good day. To not, and oh, I can't. And yeah, Mm-mm. I always try to think of theories because sometimes I watch these cases and there's more. You're like, well, maybe it was an accidental drowning, but at the same time, like I've been, the waves can get bad and stuff, but. It's not like she wasn't at sea. Yeah, she wasn't. She would have washed. Something up. would have washed up unless something was keeping her from that. And she had wa- her phone, water in the car. I Meaning, to me, it's like she brought a snack. She brought peanut butter and water. A you snack. think she would have put something on the beach to walk out to the water? Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. It's just I'm gonna throw up. And I, we don't know if she got there by herself. I need a shot. I can't. <laughs> I know it's. It's a rabbit hole. Dis- Disappeared is my favorite ID show. See, and you know what? Ironically, I don't watch that one because I don't like stories like this because they make me. I'm the same way, but so anxious. But something about it. Well, I like these cases because it's like a problem you can maybe help someone can solve. Yeah. Where it's like yeah. something bad happens, I you can't. I mean, right. not that I can help anyway. No, but you're right. If you know something, or if you, you know see something, something, say something. Say something. Even if you think it's not important, yes, it that's may be a thing. If you, super important. If you seem like a weirdo, no one at the end of the day, no one cares. If let me tell you, I worked in physical therapy before I do the job I do now, and there was a guy that came in for therapy that he always had a, a kid with him. I don't know, a kid maybe twelve or thirteen. I don't know. It was a little boy or teenage, preteen, whatever. But I always noticed that like the kid looked super quiet. And mm-hmm. almost like he was uncomfortable. You know, it just, it, to me, because I watch all this yeah. shit and true crimey things, and it was a red flag to me. Yeah. Yeah. And it really bothered me. And they would come in like three times a week for the, the man's therapy. I didn't know if it was his dad. He never said anything, you know, like, this is my son, or why would he? You know, mm-hmm. whatever. Mm-hmm. So finally, one day, I went to. One of my supervisors that was there, I was like, hey, can I talk to you for a second? And I was like, okay, don't think I'm a super weirdo, but I'm about to call the police. Mm-hmm. <laughs> He's like, what is going on? What happened? And so I'm going to this whole big story about how, like, I don't know, maybe he's a sex trafficker. Maybe he just yeah. seems weird. He's super quiet. The kid never makes up. Like, he just, he doesn't. He's just kind of, you know, it, 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 to me, mm-hmm. I am concerned yeah. and I don't like it. 
And he just stares at me for the longest time. And he finally goes, Ashley, he's autistic and nonverbal. And he doesn't like, he reacts when there's attention brought to him. So that's why his dad has never said, oh, this is my son or whatever. And then I felt like the biggest asshole because it's one of those situations where you're like, you see something, you say something. But then also I'm like, oh my God, what if I would have said something? I know. And then at the same time, you're... You're coming from a good place. Sure. You didn't know. There didn't was nothing know. to tip you off. Nothing. I was listening to a podcast. I can't remember what it was called, but it was a transracial adoption story. And they were talking about their struggles with the airport. One woman had, was African-American. Her whole family was, except her adopted like little baby son is white. Uh-huh. And the podcast host, she has an African-American child and they're white. Mm-hmm. So they were talking about how they've both been... Mm-hmm. chased down by security yeah at airports and it made me think man that sucks but at the same time people are like well i i don't know it's it sucks to judge i'm glad and that you're that she was saying that that's what I, yeah like the girl yeah. on the podcast was like it it pisses me off when that happens because my adopted daughter is like she gets upset and she's already weirded out about sure. people knowing she's adopted. But like at the same time, someone We're was glad concerned. that you're there yeah. and you're concerned. Well, my sister. My just like, don't come on yeah. so strong where you're like, who's babe? You know, don't. Yeah. I have a niece who is 11 and she's very sneaky and she's a, a joke player and she's, that's just her personality. Mm-hmm. I think it's hilarious. It infuriates mm-hmm. the entire family, but I think she's funny <laughs> as fuck, but she will play pranks and jokes mm-hmm. and tricks and whatever. She has blonde, curly hair yeah. like Max. Yeah. My sister, like me, has dark hair and yeah, it looks like we have kidnapped these children and they do so not belong to us. Babies. They do not look like they belong they to us. They look alike. They, they look, look like, like, they look like siblings. <laughs> And, like, we have stolen these children, but we have not, and we can prove it. But anyways, so she went to pick her up from daycare, and the teacher was, like, I guess after school, all the kids go into one big room. So it's not your typical teacher. So it's it switches from day to day. So my sister goes to pick her up, and she's like, the teacher's like, hey, you know, her name, um, your mom's here. And so my niece goes, that's not my mom. And my sister's like, you know, I'm your mother. Come on. Like, I'm not in the mood. My sister's a nurse. She's tired. She's worked. She's exhausted. Let's go. Let's go home. And she's like, ma'am, she says you're not her mother. And she's like, let's go. Like, she was getting mad. She's like, let's go. This is not funny. And she's like, I don't know this woman. Um, This daycare teacher makes my sister go get her driver's license Take it to the front desk, no. into the office, no. and go over everything with her, with with the main person at the daycare, before she would send my niece out with this, this woman who my niece is going, that's not my mama. Because she wanted to stay and play. She was like six or eight oh at the time. Oh, my god! But she just was being silly yes. and wanted to stay and play. Well, I mean, and the teacher was like... I'm not going to give yeah, her yeah. to you. She's saying you're not. And, you know, and, and my sister's as much like me as is like, you better give me my damn kid. Yeah. Like, I'm not in the mood. And she's like, no, oh. go get your driver's license, take it to the front. And when they clear you, you can come back and get her. Oh, my. So, yes, it annoys parents when you do that. But then you, in retrospect, yeah. you're like, thank you. Yeah. Thank you for checking. Thanks for 
looking out at least. Looking out. Something's and not right. Being aware. Yeah. So, anyways, now that you told me that story, I'm going to have a panic attack no. and need to refill my drink. So, let's take a quick break. All right, let's take a break. Okay, let's get into your case. I'm going to try to be as politically correct as possible. Okay. So if I offend anyone, oh boy, I don't know what's offensive and what is not. Okay. So let me preface this. <laughs> okay. Oh boy. Buckle up. Buckle up and join us for this politically incorrect. I'll just insert a beep. Maybe. No, I'm just that joking. You may, uh, anyway. I, and it may not, it may be fine. Okay. I just don't know and I don't want to offend anybody. Before the internet, movies and TV, sideshows or freak shows were sold as entertainment. Mm-hmm. A freak show is an exhibition of biological rarities and is most commonly associated with circuses. Mm-hmm. Visitors were promised that they were about to see what they had never seen before. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, step right up. Yada, yada. Yeah. You know the script. Yeah. Prepare to be shocked and amazed. Pity seemed to turn into fascination, and unfortunate circumstances became a form of superpowers for these people. Sideshows originated in Europe, but with the persecution of disabled people during World War II, this forced many to flee to the United States. The most famous showman slash manager of the freak show industry was none other than P.T. Barnum. He began in the 1840s, and his show included a fat lady, little people, giants, and others deemed as, quote, freaks. He drew in around 400,000 visitors a year. Wow. And that's back in the 1840s. Mm-hmm. I'm like, shit, were that many people? <laughs> Just <laughs> Just many people in the that's a lot of people. So these shows were an essential part of the circus. Mm-hmm. They typically fell under three categories. The self-made, like tat- the tattooed lady. Okay. Yeah. Working acts. Mm-hmm. Sword swallowers. Oh, yeah. Fire breathers. And the natural born, like the lobster boy. People with deformities have often been treated as objects of interest and entertainment with crowds flocking to see them. Those with microcephaly, a condition linked to intellectual disabilities and physically characterized by a small head and small structure, were categorized as, quote, missing links. Hypopituitary dwarfs, who tend to be well proportioned to their trunks, were characterized as the exotic mode. And those who were armless or legless were characterized as animal people, like the snake man or the seal man. Oh my... Doctors would often authenticate these exhibits and use medical terms that many could not comprehend, so it added to their authenticity. Okay. Which is terrible. Yeah, yeah. But back then... Yeah. It... So this was a, you know, way before workman's comp or welfare. So this Mm -hmm. is really the only place for a lot of these people with disabilities to find work. Yeah. No, that, I mean, they had to do it. You got to do what you got to do. And placing themselves on, like, exhibits was the only way they could support themselves or their families. Yeah. Yeah. So many were lucky and gifted enough to earn a good living through these exhibits. Some became celebrities and commanded high salaries. Good for them. Yeah. So, 
Mm, I know it's not the best. So there was a dwarf billed as General Tom Thumb, and he started when he was four years old, but he was billed as being 11. Charles had stopped growing after six months of life and was just 25 inches tall and weighed 15 pounds. Oh my goodness. By the time he was five, he was drinking wine at seven, smoking cigars for the amusement of the public. Wait, years old. Mm-hmm. Oh gosh. He was paid about $150 a week. And when he retired, he lived in the most esteemed neighborhood of New York City and owned a yacht. So he made a so his parents killing. knew about this? Yeah. Like, yeah. The most popular and highest grossing act was the Tattooed Man. Really? His, his name was George Constantinus. Probably butchered that. He had 338 tattoos covering his body. I feel like I dated him. No, like, <laughs> I'm thinking there's an X-Files episode about a circus show where there's a guy with that's like that, and then there's a guy with a split tongue. Yeah. Like you can get it cut and it yeah, splits. like and, a snake. So I'm thinking of that X-Files episode where they call them like, I don't, I can't remember. Well, this guy, George, earned more than $1,000 a week back in the 1800s. Oh, that's so good. His wealth became so staggering that he was armed everywhere he went for protection, and upon his death in 1891... He donated half of his life's earnings to other, quote, freaks who had not made as much money as he did. These people may have been physically handicapped, but their minds were not. Many exemplified amazing resilience and overcame obstacles. The carnival, freak shows, and circus performers became a tight-knit group of solidarity and looked out for one another. Mm -hmm. They were each other's support system, their family, and... I mean, they just, they protected each other. So Schlitzy, the pinhead, was mentally impaired and had characteristically pointed head. So he had hydrocephaly. Oh, okay. So I've watched Freak Show, American Horror Story. I can't remember which season that was. But there was a -hmm. a female that, with a little ponytail, that I believe had that. I don't know for sure. Schlitzy was a male, but was dressed up as a female. Okay. So, he had been hidden away for years by his wealthy parents in their attic in Santa Fe. He was taken in by a sideshow where he performed and was happy. Unfortunately, when the show owner died, Schlitzy was taken and put into an institution for the mentally ill and was completely devastated. But eventually he was rescued by some other circus performers and brought back to the sideshow and lived Happily ever after. Good. So for these who didn't fit anywhere else, Gibtown, Florida was the place to be. <laughs> All roads led to here during the golden age of freak shows. Located 12 miles south of Tampa. Really? This little town catered to everyone. The post office had extra low counters for little people. Restaurants had custom built chairs for the fat ladies and the tall men. Residents were allowed to keep exotic animals, and there were factories oh that gosh. manufactured carousels and Ferris wheels. So this town was theirs. It was a safe haven away from prying eyes and unwanted stares. They weren't freaks here. The whole town was made up of people just like them, and they were just normal people for How once. Interesting. Gibbs Town? Gib Town. Gib-, Gib Town. The local police chief was a dwarf, and the fire chief was over eight feet tall. So everyone who lived and worked here, they were all part of the circus. 
So word spread that if you were in the circus life, this was the place where you could come and be free and local people didn't shun you. They even named the streets after the performers. So, I mean, this was literally, this was their town. How interesting. So it was kind of a sanctuary. So in its heyday, every spring, the population would drop by half because uh-huh. the performers would leave town and go on the road. By 1940, freak shows were starting to lose their audience. Many credible people began to turn their back on the shows, and it was finally viewed as wrong to profit off of another's misfortune and changing attitudes about physical deformities. So previously mysterious anomalies were scientifically explained as genetic mutations or diseases, and freaks became the object of sympathy rather than fear. Deformities are now detected in the womb and pregnancies can be terminated. And I'm quoting this, fewer freaks are born like they were back then. So don't come for me. I didn't say that. That's the quote. And if they are physically abnormalities or medically adjusted, like Sami's twins can be separated. Yeah. yeah. Or people with, you know, facial deformities, they can fix those things. We're back in the 1800s and the early 1900s. Of course, I'm sure... A plenty of families can't afford it, but yeah, sure. you can se- separate Siamese children at sure. birth, or haven't they done it in, in utero? Uh huh. That's or you, and you can get surgeries to add on limbs, or exactly. Yeah. So nowadays, discrimination laws have opened up the doors for those with disabilities mm-hmm. to pursue more conventional careers. So in 1992, a dark cloud came over the idealistic town where all the circus people went. Why? Lobster Boy, a.k.a. Grady Stiles III, was murdered. So Grady Stiles was born in Pittsburgh in 1937. His father was already part of a freak show and added his son to the act. Grady's case was severe. He could not walk and used a wheelchair most of his life. He did learn to use his upper body to pull himself across the floor and would grow to become alarmingly strong. Wow. Throughout his life, Grady and his family toured with the circus and spent their off-seasons in Gibtown, Florida. They made about $80,000 a season. Wow. That's a lot of fucking money. Yeah. A season? Mm-hmm. If they went out to, I mean, that's $160,000 a year in the 30s? Yeah. That's, that's a lot. That's a lot now. Yeah. Anyways. Grady eventually fell in love with another carnival worker named Maria, who was a staff member. She was not part of the show. I don't know if she blew balloons up for the darts. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Maybe she made corn dogs. Anyways, they fell in love. They were married and had two children. One was born with the birth defect, mm. and then he had a daughter who wasn't. So she was normal. By all quote, unquote, normal. Quote, unquote. Yeah. She did not yeah. have the genetic, genetic yeah, yeah. deform hands or feet. So Grady began to drink and use his overpowering upper body strength to be abusive towards his wife and children. At one point, he used his claw-like hands to rip his wife's IUD out (gasps) of her body during a fight. During a fight? He held her down and ripped her IUD out of her body. Insane. That 
he would also use his claws to choke her. Oh, God. But worse than this, (sighs) his daughter had fallen in love with a boy that he did not approve of. And the night before their wedding, he invited the boy to his home to give him his blessing, allegedly. Boy shows up. Instead, he shoots him with a shotgun and murders him. He goes to trial, confesses, shows no remorse, but points out the fact that he is disabled and he couldn't possibly be locked away. That would be cruel and unusual punishment. The court had no counter-argument because they knew that there was no prison equipped to deal with his disabilities, so they let him go with 15 years of probation. Oh, my. So he just goes home. This is the 30s. No. This is like... He was born in 37. Oh, my God. So this is like the 60s, 70s. Yeah. He divorced his first wife, and then he married another woman who had two more children, and he treated them the same way. Wife eventually divorces him. Then the first wife remarries him. What the fuck? He ripped your IUD out and choked you and murdered your daughter's fiancé, and you're going to remarry him? So at this point, he thinks, you know, basically he's above the law. The beatings become more severe and his wife has finally had enough and goes on to pay her neighbor $1,500 to kill Grady, the lobster boy. Her son from a previous marriage would help her plan it and carry it out. So one night, the neighbor goes to Grady's trailer and shoots him point blank. They arrest all three of them. None of them deny it. Mary says, my husband was going to kill my family. The neighbor is convicted of second-degree murder and sentenced to 27 years in prison. Mary and her son were both charged with first-degree murder. She was sentenced to 12 years in prison. Her son refused to take a plea deal, and the court sentenced him to life. Is this a son that also had... No, this was a son from a previous marriage. Yeah, okay. Got it. Grady was laid to rest while his family was on trial for his murder, and he was so disliked by the community for being an asshole that the funeral home could not find one person to be the pallbearer at his funeral. Oh, my. Yeah. So most of the quote-unquote freaks have died that lived in Gibtown, but there are a few of their family members that still live there. Rest amusement park rides and maybe an exotic animal or two are still in the town. So if you're ever in the area, or if you've ever been to this town, let us know. Yeah. I mean, I've been obsessed with this place since American Horror Story. Yeah. What was it? Um, I thought it was... Season four? Yeah, I thought Juniper, I thought Florida it was Juniper was a real too. place. So then whenever I found out we were doing Based Florida, on, I was trying to look it up. Boys in it. Yes. Honestly, what you're telling me is almost strange. Well, my was this the clown season? Yes. I didn't care for the clown stuff. But minus the clown stuff, this story's almost wilder than the show was. It's crazy. Well, you know, that's their whole thing, American Horror loosely Stories. Loosely based. They're loosely yeah. based on all. Mm-hmm. They're all come that's from some. Right. Yeah, no, it's not called Juniper. It's Gibtown. Yeah, so I kind of want to go there. It's super small and probably very underwhelming. I've been, but I need to say about Bradenton. Now you got to go. Yeah. Now I want to go. Right, now I have that. It's a god awful small <laughs> affair. If you've seen Freak Show, the show Jessica Lang is fire per usual. Her Bowie makeup, love it. I have loved her. I love her. I have loved her since Flowers in the Attic. 
when she played the mother. I have not seen that. You've that, never seen that movie? I know the, I know the whole plot, so I want to watch it. Please send us your some, resumes. I can't watch that. I know the plot. I can't. It's... I'm not watching I mean, Sophie's Choice either. I know do not plot. watch Sophie's Choice. If I, if I do know not watch the Sophie's plot, Choice, you're not tricking me into watching Don't watch things. it. But Flowers in the Attic was a good movie. But it's... This is, okay, so it's here's the... Dark. Here's the thing. Did you read any of V.C. Andrews' books? No. Well, okay. The books are way worse than the movies. Okay. Or way better, I should say. I don't know. Better or worse. They're different than the movies. Okay. It's a good movie, but that was my first introduction to Jessica Lange. Okay. It she makes sense. Mother, that makes sense. And I her loved her. Mom. She wasn't the grandma. No, the grandma was crazy. <laughs> she was the mother who oh. abandoned her children yeah. and yeah. forced them to live in the attic so she could marry some general Ugh. and start over again. But anyways, Freaking I just told you the whole fucking movie. But if you don't know the plot by now. If you're too old for this, you should know the plot it. Of you're not Sophie's brand new. Choice. That's why I don't have to watch it. Sophie's Choice can't. Never seen, never seen Schindler's List. I, I haven't either because I know what happens. Can't do it. Well, hello, it's history. No, we're not doing this. No, we're I not. was just talking to people. People are obsessed with the show This Is Us. And that's great. I'm so happy for you. I can't watch it. I, I've been seeing these posts. I cried for two hours after I. I'm like, that's not no. fun. That's not entertainment to me. People make fun of me watching TLC trash and Bravo trash, The Housewives. But that's People make entertainment. Fun of me watching horror movies. That's entertainment to me too. I don't want to watch sad. I can go to bed and worry about hearing a chainsaw in the distance much easier than. Same. Going to bed and thinking about someone holding my two children and telling me, pick one and I'm going to kill the other one. Sorry. She's no. Given a, Sophie, I mean, if you don't know Sophie's choice. You, then then don't, Just bad. don't tell them which one. She not going to tell you. I don't. Ah, shut up. Now I have a mop oh, in my throat. No, I'm freaking mad Why the mad fuck did you bring Sophie. that movie up? It's not Sophie's fault. But I still, hate it's just, it so okay. much. Anyway. Anyways. So, yeah. <laughs> Circus performers. All the people live in this town. Mm-hmm. Well, not so much anymore. Mm-hmm. But could you imagine? I mean, the 30s and 40s are like my favorite era of time. You know, like Golden Hollywood. Everybody was so glamorous. Everybody smoked everywhere. Nobody gave a shit. <laughs> Just saying. It was a fab time to be alive. Mixing some circus performers. I'm there. Saying I'd pop in for a minute, but oh. I mean, I'm not going to stay in Florida. Stay in I'm, the past. I'm melting now. I know. know. Could you imagine if you knew now, though, and went back? No. Everything you know now, and you went back to the 40s. No. Ew. And I'd be a buzz fucking zillionaire. Yeah. Like, not, let me tell you all about this. First of all, let me find the past. Let me find Hedy Lamar and congratulate her on inventing Wi-Fi. First of all, thank you because mm-hmm. it wasn't for you. We'd not have all the shit we have now. True. So if you could go in the past or future, you'd go to the past. Yes. I'd go to the future. Why? I don't want to go back to the past. I would mm-hmm. go. Nope. Nope. If you could just stay a week. Oh, I'd still go to the future. Where? What time? I don't know. I don't know. Um, I mean, the way our country's going right now, just P.S. Really? You want well, to choose the future? What? You're going to be in a red fucking robe and saying under <laughs> his know. eye. That's what's going to okay, happen. If I could go to the future for one hour, maybe. A week. Don't sit any there for a week. No. You're going to no, no have four children. Way, by the way, I have not seen the newest season of Handmaid's Tale because that's too much for me. And I, I don't have nightmares on scary movies. 
after I was watching Handmaid's Tale, I would have nightmares that night. I can't do that. And I'm like, I can't put myself through another season, maybe in 10 years. Well, we're living it. I can't so. do it. I can't do it. I mean, I now it. you know where I stand and I don't give a shit. Oh, Switching praise gears. Be. Praise be. Blessed be the fruit. Under his eye. So that's interesting. Okay. Yeah. If you've been there or if there's another town in the U.S., maybe there's another place with a- Circus town? Yeah. yeah. Who I want to know. But that's one thing, though. I will tell you this: Max is eight, and he went to he's been to one circus his entire life, and I will never take him to another one. And he is not allowed to go because I feel like, and you know, okay, I don't wish ill upon any animal, but I'm not an animal lover necessarily. I don't have pets. I'm not like. Going to care like you are and trying to rescue all the dogs. I'm like, oh, that's sad. Scrolling on. Don't come for me, people, with all your pets. I love pets. I pet Charlie. <laughs> I, I mean, I, like, I love them. I just don't have any. I grew up with pets. I'm not a pet hater. So let me just clarify that. But I didn't, I mean, like, I noticed the mistreatment. There's a lot of abuse. Of yeah. animals mm-hmm. in the circus. Not all of them are like that, I guess. I don't know. I'm not sure. Animal abuse is very, rampant. Yeah, it's bad. It's bad. So yeah. we went to one circus when he was a little, he was maybe two, mm-hmm. and it just gave me, Yeah, I didn't like bad it, vibes. and we didn't even stay through the whole thing. I was yeah. like, let's just go. Especially back in the day with the lions and bears. Yeah. When you start declawing wild animals. When you're standing there with be, a whip and no. cracking uh-uh, it, uh-uh. I'm like, Don't I like can't. It. Let's just go. He's not, mm-mm. we're not now. I did pay like $40 for an elephant to put a paintbrush in his trunk and paint a photo or oh. paint a picture. And I have the painting. So it's a bunch of scribbles, but I know this elephant did it. So. You know this, it's real. <laughs> it's real. It's a, it's a yeah. legit original. That's why I can't read too much into the circus history because it's a lot, a lot of animal it's abuse. It's a lot of animal abuse. Yeah, I don't, I don't bad. love like, want to entertain. To me, animal abuse is a lot like. Reading about child abuse. Can't. I don't want to. I don't want to adopt a bunch of kids. But (laughs) you know what I mean? No. That's how. I mean, like. Well, it's like. I I don't. don't, Obviously, child abuse is horrible, too. But like. Right. To you, it's a big trigger. To me, animal abuse. Yes. And I'm not saying children aren't. No, I get it. I'm just saying like. That's my thing. Totally get it. I hear it. And I'm like. No, can't do it. Fast forward. Fast forward. That's why I'm like. Mm -mm. There's Mm -mm. a website called doesadogdie.com where you can. Oh, my. You can research a movie and know if an animal dies. And it will. A lot of people in the comments will tell you what time it happens. And you can skip skip over it. That has. Yes. They also have one of those websites for tits. Tits? They will tell you. Do the titshow.com. It, I don't remember what the website is, but it's like, oh, you want to see Jamie Lee Curtis's tits? Oh, you want to see? This is, okay, okay, This okay. is the movie. I meant, like, this is parents. the time. This is the this place. Is, or other things. Do you want full frontal? Here, right here. This actress, full frontal, this episode, blah, blah, blah. Don't ask me how I know that. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> our listeners now, our patrons are, uh, that I'm about to read off are like, what did I what get What did I sign up for? What did I sign up for? out. We are getting our palms read, patrons. I'm going to find a palm reader. I feel like we should have a palm reader on our show. I'm going to do this. I'm going to find it, Fine. and I'm going to make it happen. I don't know any. I don't definitely. know any either, but I'm going to make it happen. Okay. Well, so we have some new patrons. Speaking of which, for one month, probably, <laughs> after, the, after this. We have Karen A., 
from Texas. Hi, Karen. Hi, Karen. And she got us some cocktails, too. Yay. We're going to go have them after we, we finish are, recording. We are. We're going to take a photo with them. We need to. We haven't done that in a minute. Tam Tam from Georgia. Thank you, Tam Tam. Tam Tam? Yeah, it might be a nickname, but. Well, of course. Yeah. Super cute. That is cute. Stephanie P. Stephanie. Thank you, Stephanie. Thank you. Michelle R. Where are all these people from? So, the last three don't have their address on there. Uh Fortunately or unfortunately, I don't want to make anyone give us their address. No, but if you want stickers. Yeah, so it might just be, I don't know because I've never signed up through this patron thing, so it might just be not obvious to put in your address, but... To our patrons and listeners, if you want some stickers, and in the future, if you're a $10 patron, you get a shirt and stuff. If you could just send us your address, we'll send you some fun stuff. You don't have to. I don't have to know where you are. I get we're a true crime podcast, you know. Listen, we're too busy. We don't care where you live. We're just trying to send you some free shit. We just want to send you stuff. (laughs) I swear I'm not going to come find you, but, you know, we can just, it is what it is. So, Stephanie P., thank you very much. Michelle R. Thank you, thank you, thank you. you, thank you. you. And then we just now got another Stephanie. Stephanie B. Is that so strange how that happens? <sighs> we have Stephanie's and Heather's we love coming that. out our ears. We love it. You know what? That makes sense for our, our ages, I, it I does, feel like. It does, 100%. Do we have any Ashleys? Yeah, we do. Do we have any Lacey's? No. Terrible name. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> you were just think. kidding. You would think. No, but we love you all. Yeah, we it's, do. It's... It's funny that you, I guess I don't know how old any of these people are, but you can kind of. They're 80s babies. You can 90s, assume 80s, they're 90s. roughly, yeah. But anyway. Oh, and Tina C from North Carolina bought us a cocktail this week. She is the one that suggested that North Carolina story I covered a couple of weeks ago. I mean, we love and her. And she heard it. She's like, oh, she sent us an email like, ah, I heard that episode. Thanks. Like, Seriously, I really like she loves it when recommendations say, yeah. because. I get stuck. Yeah. And speaking of which, I'm stuck for the next few states recovering. Well, we're on. We're in Idaho. Yeah. And let me tell you, I had a case locked and loaded for Idaho. Yeah, I, I told you, you about it. And you're not doing it. I, the more I researched <gasps> it, the more I'm like, don't love this. So now I'm where you are, square one. Oh boy, here we are. We're sharing the square. Oh boy, we'll have fun with that. Oh, and Karen A, who is like a brand new patron, also got us a couple of cocktails. I mean, thank you. We're, we love a cocktail. We do. And she was like, "Get a bloody, get a ice pick, get a." She loves bourbon. I wish I could respect a bourbon. My husband does. He loves whiskeys and bourbons. I well, just don't. But I thank you, Karen. Threw my uterus up when I was like. 19 at a frat party on Evan Williams Green Label. So I cannot I can't do even dark take a drink. alcohol. I can do a little bit of it in um, like coffee-ish type things, but I'm not drinking That doesn't too. even sound good. Well, you know, like bourbon and cream and coffee and... No. Sounds like diarrhea in a glass. If and you have a... Spiced, uh, like... Nope, not spiced. And mold cider with some... That's drinking potpourri. Okay. We're not doing that. It's too hot. <laughs> right now, I don't That's want any hot. of those stuff. I want a clear, clear liquor. If you We're going to go get some cocktails. If you have a suggestion mm-hmm. for a quote-unquote dark alcoholic drink that you think Well, you're we not going like. to please me. <laughs> if you think Lacey would like Ooh, it. Good luck with that. Send it in. I would try it. I would try it. I would try it. We have... We I mean, I've drank bourbon and Diet yeah. Coke. Yeah, Samuel a, has all the fancy I have a pants, that. Yeah, bourbons and whiskeys down. He's 
He doesn't drink it often, but he'll like drink it just over ice or an old fashioned. And I'm like, heartburn, heartburn oh. city. And I'll taste it, and I'm like, Ugh. it tastes like cough syrup to me. No, no, no. But, but you know what? People make a face when I drink tea and vodka. So whatever, it's refreshing. I'll say that it's much refreshing. About it. But I it. also find clear liquor more refreshing in general. Just saying. Psychological, maybe to each their own. I don't know. Whatever. So we're we're about to go enjoy some cocktails at Charlie's we in the are. River Market, and that reminds me, and you might be interested in this. So, okay, so Charlie's is in the River Market. It overlooks that big amphitheater. Amphitheater, yeah. So remember, like pre-COVID, when they would actually have concerts out there outside. I took you to a concert there last fall. Fairweather oh friend. Gosh, duh. I forgot about gosh. that. I forgot about that. Send your resumes to. <laughs> no, she's kicking up. And that was a great concert. It's good. It's good it was stuff. good. It it's was. Good um, we love you, Jason Isbell. We love you. We love you. Come I've on our show. I listen to him and I'm like, I love this stuff. Come on our show. So <laughs> he's like, oh, girl, no. It's like, no, he will never hear this. <laughs> but so they have a patio out there. And her tables, and you can see the concerts. You don't have to pay for the tickets. They're taking reservations for the tables outside. Who's coming up? Uh, So Willie Nelson, May 31st. Not my jam, but it might be yours. I won't be here because it's Memorial Day. June 26th, ZZ Top. Could you get behind that? I don't know who this is, but July 23rd, Justin Moore. He's a country a singer. country person? And he's from Arkansas. Oh, okay. Maybe he'll hear this. Justin Moore, come on our show. I don't know these country people. <laughs> is Jamie Johnson a, a country person? He is. Okay, that's why I don't know. August 20th, they're coming. Uh, Whiskey Myers, I don't know them, but I know of people that like them a lot. I feel like a lot of people like all these people that you just named off. If you like country people. No, <laughs> if you know John Mayer and can get him to come to the amphitheater, <sighs> oh, let me tell you. How I will go fucking bananas. <laughs> Yes, or Jeff Goldblum. Oh, what? Ooh, that would be so weird. <laughs> He's the man. But yeah, call Charlie's and book call your Charlie's. patio table. They're going to go out fast. It's a cool patio. It's it, big. Yes, it's big, and you don't have to pay for the tickets. Worry about the crowd. You can just eat and drink all and night. You have a waitress. Yeah, and you hear the music well because I remember back in yeah. the day when Damn Goods Pizza was there. You could also do this, mm-hmm. and it was awesome. But anyway, go check them out. We're going to head there now. We will be in what state are we in next Idaho. week? Idaho. And we're going to eat mashed potatoes while we record. Just kidding. <laughs> I was like, that sounds horrible. Just this kidding. Heat. <laughs> I that you like fear. But we will, we will drink a potato in the form of vodka. Oh, yes. I there love we a go. good potato. I love a potato. I love that. You know what? Mashed potatoes, fried potatoes, vodka potatoes. Now, listen, I turn into, what's I his name? From give me? me a carb and I could just go in and if, no. I wish there was an all carb diet. There is. I could do that one. And then you'll be on my 600 pound life. It's called, yeah. Anyways, we got to go. All right. Bye. Bye.